So over the course of this year, most of the time when we've had the Lord's Supper together, we've taken some time in the sermon in that service to reflect on the meaning of this celebratory meal. And this morning, we're, we're wrapping up that series, and we're also going to be reading a text that fits with this Advent and Christmas season. So today, we're going to be, in some different ways, focusing on the glorious and gracious presence of the Lord in our lives. And we're going to do that by reading from Luke chapter 2. We'll read Luke 2 from verse 8 to verse 20. Hear the word of the Lord. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So one night, just a little bit after I got my driver's license, I was over at a friend's house for dinner and some video games or movies or something, and I was driving home a bit late at night, and I was driving along this four-lane road, listening to music, kind of just rolling along, probably not paying as much attention as I should have been. And as I rolled through this intersection, I kind of noticed in the rearview mirror that a car that was on the road coming through the intersection all of a sudden just blasted out, made the turn, and came accelerating like crazy. And I thought, oh, they must really be in a rush. And then the flashing lights came on as this car pulled up right behind me. And, And I don't know if you've had this experience, but I think a lot of us have this sort of buried sense of a little bit of guilt and and worry and and whatever. And so whenever those flashing lights come on behind us, our minds go a little crazy. And we start thinking, what did I do wrong? Am I speeding? Well, not not a lot. Uh, Did I go through a red light? I don't think so. Uh, Am I driving a stolen car? No. Your mind goes crazy places, right? And you just want the flashing lights to go away. Well, that, that sense of guilt and worry and anxiety and, and uncertainty and just, I want the lights to go away. That's where the shepherds are at the beginning of this text. They're afraid. They're terrified. And so we're going to start this morning with our first point being fear. Fear. We read this passage from Luke 2 with kind of Christmas overtones and and the happy buzz of the Christmas child, 
And that's good, and we should get there, but we've made the beginning of the text a little bit too tame. When, when we read in verse 9 that an angel appears, we might think, oh, an angel! How nice! But the shepherds are not thinking, oh, a cute angel has appeared to us. Their first reaction is, oh, no! What did we do wrong? Why is God angry at us? What? Are, are we driving stolen sheep? I mean, what? What are we doing? Make the light go away. Angels are a lot more like lightning bolts than they are like teddy bears. And almost always when angels appear in the Bible, the first thing or almost the first thing they have to say is, don't be afraid. The shepherds, the NIV translates it as terrified. The actual original language there says the shepherds feared with a great fear. They were so full of fear that they had to say it twice. Feared with a great fear. So afraid the angel, before he can get them to listen to anything else he has to say, has to tell them, don't be afraid. And now let's take another step here. The words that we have for angels in the Bible are the same words that we have for messenger. An angel is a messenger. And now think if angels are so terrifying, if angels are so glorious and, and massively significant in their presence that they have to start by saying, don't be afraid, what must the king, the Lord who sends those glorious messengers, what must his presence be like? And you can imagine if when the angels, when the messenger, when the messenger appeared, the shepherds feared a great fear, you might expect when the king appears that they would fear a great fear of fearing fear. Take it to the next level. In the Old Testament, the Lord is a burning bush. He's thunder and lightning on the mountaintop. He's unapproachable glory. And so often... People are afraid of him. Now today we have lost that fear, and in many ways that's a good thing, and we'll get to why that's a good thing later in the sermon. But to really get the joy in this text, to really get the joy in this text, we have to begin with the fear. And that fear is rooted in a deep reality that we, that we often suppress and that we don't want to hear but here it is. Here is a truth that we need to hear today. You are not God. I know you know that, but do you really live like you know that? We are not God. God is way more glorious and way more powerful, and he is so far out of our league that there is almost no comparison. But we would like to be God, wouldn't we? We would like to be in control of our destiny. We would, we, would like to, we would like to fool ourselves into thinking that we've got all the levers and we can pull them. And, and we think the only way we can really be happy is if we're the ones who are in charge of our lives. And so often we run down that track of acting and, and thinking, even if we don't say it quite this way, of thinking that, that we're in charge. 
that nobody else has control of us, that we, in short, are God. But about two seconds in the presence of an angel, a messenger of God, let alone in God's own presence, well, that's enough to show us that we are really small. We are not God. And so we should fear, we should respect, we should look up to, we should acknowledge that the Lord is God. So the angel shows up and scares the shepherds silly. But the story doesn't stop there, right? It goes on. And then they, there's this proclamation of good news of great joy. And so, so we can move from fear to joy. And that's our second point for today. You may have seen a little kid, and everyone takes this differently, but you may have seen a little kid at a fireworks display, 4th of July or some other celebration, and they're so excited that the fireworks are going to start that they can hardly stand still, and they dance, and they dance, and they dance, and Daddy, Daddy, is it going to start yet? No, child, it's 5.30, it's not dark yet. And they keep on dancing, and they're so excited, but then when the fireworks come and there's actually all that light and all that noise, the kids are scared to death. And so they run off and they hide, but they're excited about the fireworks, so they come back and they watch, and they, but they're scared, so they run off and they hide, and they, and they go back and forth. And not always, but often kids in this situation end up on their parents' lap, and they kind of huddle up and cover their ears or cover their eyes, but then they peek, and they go away again, and they peek, and they go away again. And then finally, they end up sitting on their parents' lap watching the fireworks, and then finally, they are able to enjoy the light while also feeling safe. They're able to really rejoice in the occasion. Well, those angels appeared in a, in a display greater than any fireworks, and the shepherds were afraid, but, but then the angels go on and they announce good news that moves the shepherds from fear to joy. Now, many of us have heard this text so often that it's not news to us anymore. Yeah, shepherds, angels, manger, yada, yada, yada. But stop and think a minute about what the angels all could have said. Think of all the messages that our glorious and all-powerful God could have sent by his messengers. They could have showed up and said, get with it, you sinners. They could have showed up and said, God's judgment is coming. Get ready. They could have showed up and said, we're wiping out the planet tonight. God made us. God rules over the universe. He would be perfectly within his rights to, to have these angels bring any message he wanted them to. But instead of bringing a message of terror and judgment, the angels announce good news. They announce good news of joy for all people. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, he's been born. And go and see this sign, a baby lying in a manger as a sign that the Lord has come to you. And then the angels declare glory to God and on earth, and on earth peace. And the shepherds consult a little bit and they go off to Bethlehem. And, and after having seen the glory of God's messengers in the sky and just a little bit of a glimpse of how great he is, they go and they see the Lord again. And they see him in the sign of the Christ child, of this baby laying in a place where animals get their food from. 
the shepherds hear and they experience both the glory and the grace of God. The Lord has come and you can find him in a manger. The glorious Lord of the universe has come down to be with you in the most humble of circumstances. The Lord who you must fear because of his greatness, you can go and rejoice in because of his grace. The king came not as, not as, a, not as a presidential figure, but as a peasant. Jesus came not to demand what we owed him, but to give us the greatest of all gifts. The Lord is glorious beyond what we can imagine or stand. And he's also so gracious that he becomes one of us and lives and even dies and rises again for us. We serve a God who at one and the same time is so great that his presence always, always brings with it a certain sense of fear and, and inadequacy and smallness. But also a Lord who is so great and so humble that he was willing to lay aside, to lay that aside and to become humble like us. We are not God. We are not God. And our lives would be a whole lot better if we could really get that through our heads and into our hearts. But the good news is that God has come to us. The Lord who holds the universe in his hands also holds us in his hands as our loving Father. And that, that brings us to joy and that brings us to our third and last point for today that we should praise the Lord. The mood of this passage, it begins with fear. And to really come to appreciate the Lord, we need to begin with understanding how great and mighty and awe-inspiring He is. But then the passage moves on to joy and it ends in praise. The shepherds hear the good news of the angels and they, and they go out to, to see the promised sign and they see the baby Jesus and then they go out and they spread the word Look at the sign from the Lord that we have seen. And everybody who they tell this to is amazed. And Mary, Mary treasures up all these things and she ponders them in her heart. She reflects on them. She, she probes and prays over what all this could mean. How might God be working here and now? What, what glorious things these are. This text is all about the great and glorious Lord graciously coming to us. The great and glorious Lord graciously coming to us. And he does that always, always through Jesus, always through the Holy Spirit. But he comes to each of us in a particular way. He comes to each of us in a way that, that we need, in a way that fits us best. The Lord always comes to his people with his grace. You know, when I got pulled over that night long, long ago, I was kind of freaking out, and I had, you know, license, registration, everything ready to go. And the police officer walked up and just said, hey, did you know your taillights are out? Just wanted to let you know, make sure you're safe. 
Have a good night. Wow, okay. Not, not worth the panic. The Lord's coming can fill us with fear, but, but in Christ, he comes to us with gentleness and humility. And the Lord meets you today where you need to be. And maybe, maybe where you need to be is to hear that, that the Lord is powerful and mighty and he's in charge and you are not, so you need to change your life. Maybe you need to hear today that you need to get on a different path. Maybe the message you need to hear today is to, to really dig deep and make those changes that you know you've been needing to make for a long time. Maybe that's the message you need to hear. But maybe today where the Lord is meeting you and what you need to hear is just that the Lord really, he's got this. The Lord is great, the Lord is powerful, the Lord is real. And maybe you need to just sit back today and rejoice in seeing the glory and the power and the greatness of our God. Or maybe today you're going through a really, really hard time. And maybe today what you need is just to look to Christ. To look to the Messiah, to the Lord, to the Savior. To remember how humbly he came to this earth. And, and to remember that he lived a life of suffering. And that he died and walked through hellish torment for you. And because Christ did that for you, the, the sign of the Christ child is a sign that Christ will go with you even even through the worst you can imagine. The Lord meets each of us where we need to be met. And we don't always hear the good news as good news right off, but it is always good news that the Lord has come. And we are always invited, always invited to go deeper into God's grace. And the Lord meets each of us individually, but he also meets us as a gathered community. This morning, we hear the good news together. This morning, in the Lord's Supper, we will together, not as a random collection of individuals, but as the Christian community, as the body of Christ, we will together experience the presence of the Lord in this supper. In this supper, we are drawn into God's glorious and great and sometimes overwhelming presence. And in this supper, through, through bread and wine, through things that honestly got bought in a grocery store that didn't descend from heaven on a cloud, through just these things, God will give us a sign and a seal of His grace to all of His people. So as we celebrate the Lord's Supper this morning, see Jesus. See our great God come down to live with us, to serve us, to save us. In this supper, we see our glorious and gracious Lord. Now, each of you best knows the message that you need to hear, the particular message that you might need to hear from the Lord this morning. But whatever those details are, hear this. Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord, our Savior, has come to you. 
glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to all on whom his favor rests. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks this morning that you have met us with your word, that you draw us into your presence through this supper that we're about to share. Father, we pray that you use this time of sharing in this sacrament to truly renew us and to draw us closer to you. And Father, we pray that at whatever stage of the journey we're at, that you move us forward, that you do whatever it takes in our lives to draw us closer to you and help us to really behold and live into the reality of you, our God of grace and glory. Amen.